You're entering the Side Mission Podcast. Three friends that love gaming and love experiencing original content and old school classics give their thoughts on the latest releases and newest topics in the gaming industry. Power up and let's get started. Welcome in everyone to the newest episode of Side Mission. I, like always, am your host, Rusty Ellis, joined by the boys Kyle Lynch and Matt Beck. And today we're talking about, so far this year, the biggest release on the Nintendo Switch, new Pokemon Snap. That's right, you gotta put new in there because if not, we're probably gonna confuse people. Probably not. People are smarter than that, but the internet tells me other otherwise. Anyways, uh, we're gonna talk about new Pokemon Snap today. I think that there's a general consensus in this group that we're all really enjoying it. Uh, I know I am. I'm really enjoying it. I think for someone who hasn't played the original, I think this game is an incredible change of pace from the games we normally get. And it, it just, this game feels like a game you play to relax. Doesn't feel like a game you play if you're looking for high intensity. And if, if this is a game you play for high intensity, then you've got issues. But we'll go ahead and get to the boys. Matt, we'll start with you. You're the Pokemon Snap veteran here. Um, tell me first, how, in your opinion, does this version of Pokemon Snap uh, stack up to the original? So, yeah, this is an evolution of the franchise, pun intended, actually. I see what and you did there. <laughs> and I'm so happy to see that we finally got a new game in this uh, in this franchise because Pokemon spinoffs can be hit or miss. Pokemon Snap back in, I, I, I want to say 99 or 2000 on any uh, N64 was the first kind of game of its kind where you kind of went on this uh, on-rails adventure, going through these different themed levels, jungles, volcanoes, uh, you know, the sea beaches. And I loved the fact that there was a lot of throwbacks to those types of levels in this game. I love the fact that even though it's been so many years, it is still such a great like experience that I would suggest to any Pokemon fan, if you've never even played one of the spinoffs, if you've only ever played the mainline games, then this is the kind of game that I can suggest you because this is a love letter to Pokemon fans. The interactions with the Pokemon are spot on. If you uh, read the Pokedex entries in the mainline games, then there's a lot of references to Pokedex entries, which I think is fantastic. And it really brings this world to life. The Pokemon, the animations are incredible. And it's something I wish Game Freak would just kind of be like, yeah, you know, we got our like our kind of Pokemon just walking around, not really doing stuff. Sometimes they just walk in a single a single line. They're not even going anywhere, but they're walking. And in this game, uh, the Pokemon interact with each other. They there's always a, a different outcome, which is one thing I got to throw out there and praise the developers for this is the fact that every time that you get in the game, it doesn't feel like it's the same experience. Something's always changing, whether it be a new Pokemon showing up or one of the Pokemon and you previously doing something new. And the further you get into the game, you unlock new items that you can interact with the Pokemon. And one thing I want to actually definitely point out is I like the fact that there's not a single gen uh, where I feel like it was favored. I feel like every gen other than the Galar region were properly represented here. They picked out some of the most, you know, well-known Pokemon in one, uh, even ones that aren't that well-known that I do not feel like get enough exposure in the main, even if it's the anime, the mainline games, the trading cards. I, I like to see, you know, cause you know, everyone has their own favorite Pokemon. There's so many of them. And 
it's, it's not hard to find one that you like. And I think that it's great representation to put Pokemon that aren't that much talked about. You don't see them ranking high in any kind of like, who's your favorite Pokemon polls. So I love the fact that there's just love spread all around the gens. I agree. I think that especially, you know, you mentioned love spread around all the different generations of Pokemon. I don't know the last time I met somebody who said their favorite Pokemon was Bufalant. Um <laughs> But I, I love, especially, especially from the first level on, um, I love that this is a game that you're never, it's like you said, you never see the same thing twice, I don't think. I think you always see something different. And... I remember when I first booted this game up, I just kept thinking, oh my gosh, there's that Pokemon. Oh my gosh, there's Pichu, there's Grookey, uh, there's Talo. Like, there's there's so many Pokemon in this game that you see for the first time in the game, and it's just a rush of nostalgia. Um, I have to say, by far, my favorite level was the Volcano level, and the first time you see Typhlosion uh, you know, shoot the flames off of his back, oh my gosh, just so cool. It's so cool. And I mean, yeah, we're nerds. I mean, I think if you're listening to this podcast, you kind of know that about us already. I mean, you're talking about like, I'm, I'm the host and I have five yeah. EV tattoos. I mean, you kind of know that we're nerds. Um, but Kyle, let talk, talk about it, man, because I know you've spent a lot of time on the earlier levels because those just really caught your eye. Um, what do you think is what do you think are some of the biggest positives of this game? Maybe on a technical standpoint, because I know when we talked, one thing we both raved about was the animations and how high quality they were. Oh, absolutely. I have to give praise to the animation. Um, this game looks really, really well. It's very visually pleasing. Um, for me personally, one of the biggest positives is how much there is to do in a game where you don't necessarily do that much. And to go into more detail, when I say you don't really do that much, the game puts you in this little vehicle and you're on a set course. And the objective of the game is to take pictures of Pokemon. But once you boot it up, once you're in it, it is so much more than that. It's, I mean, there's there's just so much to do. Every time you level up an area, too, you get new Pokemon in that area. You get new interactions in that area. And I really enjoy how you can, you know, do an area two or three times, and then you level that area up, and then you go back and you see Pokemon that weren't there before, Pokemon that were off in the distance that you couldn't get good pictures of, and you see new interactions. And it's it's really, really fun to replay these levels because yes i've already went down the same exact path but like you both said it feels like you never see the same thing and that is such a positive in a game that's not very long and where the essentially you're just taking pictures of pokemon i feel like the uh, the amount of content in the gameplay is definitely a big positive i I wouldn't say that, you know, I, I feel like a completionist about this game. However, I think it's fun to try and go back and get, like, diamond versions of the one-star or two-star or three- or four-star photos because it's just another challenge. It's just another thing to do. And I I was worried when this game got announced that it wasn't going to be good. I I mean we I was I had my doubts about it. I did not think that this game was going to be good and I legitimately was not even interested in buying it until they dropped that last trailer and it sold me and I'm so glad that I made this purchase because I I did not think that I was going to have fun and I was proved wrong and I'm glad I was. I'm really glad I was because this game is a lot of fun. This is 
this is a very, very fun Pokemon game for me because I'm I'm definitely at a weird place with Pokemon right now. I kind of left off playing at uh, at Emerald and then I picked back up at Sword and Shield. So there's a lot in between that I missed. So for me, it's very exciting seeing all of these different Pokemon that I have no idea who they are, or what they are, and as you know, I feel like. With Pokemon, there's not going to be as many, you know, there's not going to be a lot of, this game is not going to pull any newcomers to Pokemon, I don't think. However, if you're not, if if you are, like, if you enjoy Pokemon, but you're not the biggest fan, you don't have to play every single game or every single, you know, you know, every single generation, definitely, definitely play this game. If you just like Pokemon, play this game, because it's such a nice break from all the fast-paced, intense action games, and it's so relaxing just sitting back and just taking pictures of these Pokemon, just watching them interact with each other, seeing things that we don't really get to see in the mainline Pokemon games. I I think that this game was built very, very well, and my only complaint is that I personally don't feel like it's worth $60. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. I'm right there with you in that I love the game. I think I would have rather play, paid 40 for it, though. Um, I don't know that it's enough to really charge sixty bucks, and thank God it's not a uh, a next gen title, or it'd be seventy. Um, but that's really the only problem. I mean, that's not even saying there's a lack of content. I just don't. I I, I explain it like this: um, when you look at this and uh, like Super Mario Odyssey, would you pay the same for both of those games? I personally wouldn't. I mean, that's would you pay the same for this as you did for Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild? I personally wouldn't. I mean, it's. It's it's not really it's not really I think a great price point, but Nintendo's gonna Nintendo there. So, but considering all of the criticism we have thrown towards Nintendo, I think this is this is a great step in the right direction for Pokemon because I feel like it's impossible for anybody to play this game uh, and outside of one level like not have just the biggest smile on your face the whole time. I feel like. It's just crazy, especially when you get into the Illumina Pokemon. You know, we're not going to talk specifically about them, but the very first one, it's one that we've seen already, uh, Meganium, just a really, really awesome level, really awesome design, and it just it lends itself to really awesome set pieces that you're able to catch on film. And I think that's the crazy thing about what makes this game so good, is remarkably the gameplay is simple. Now, the setting around you is not, but your goal is literally just go in, take good pictures of Pokemon. That's the only goal you're given. So uh, it's pretty cool that a game that sounds so simple could end up being a lot more than that. And I really think this is a very, very strong contender for Game of the Year. I think there's a lot that there is to like about it. And I hope that if anybody listening to this chooses to pick it up, uh, I hope that it you know surpasses all those expectations. So uh, now we'll kind of talk about some of the, our favorite levels. I kind of you know talked about mine with the volcano level. Um, and seeing, you know, Charmander and Typhlosion and Monferno. Um, I know Altaria is in there as well. Uh, let's talk about what y'all, some of y'all's favorite levels have been. Matt, we'll start with you. What, what levels have really stuck out to you so far? And uh, what levels really have, uh, have you really been grinding because you just enjoy playing them so much? You know, so my favorite level actually is, uh, originally I was with you on the volcano because that was one of the, um, one of the best design levels I felt like, but then I, you know, I played the, uh, the seafloor level 
And, you know, at first to me, it kind of felt a little, okay, you know, this is cool. The seafloor, seeing some of the water Pokemon, seeing like the magic carp, the Finians, the Luminion, you know, swimming around. Then it was you who told me about a secret path to take. And then I feel like that that's where the level really opened up, which that separate path to the deeper seafloor where you saw the uh, Golisio pods just asleep. They're not awake, but you can get some really good shots of them seeing Frillish, the ghost water jellyfish pokemon which i thought was really cool and then you get down to like these caves and it's just they really take advantage of the deeper sea pokemon in this level and like it is just so cool especially for someone who likes uh marine biography or if if that's the right word i hope that's the right word marine biology Um, (laughs) marine biology yeah yeah. you you tried in that when i was in school (laughs) thank you and uh that's just the kind of levels that i like to see like one of the reasons why i liked bioshock was just being on the on the seafloor and i think that was a great level great way to expand it with that uh with that secret i'm not going to tell you uh how to find that separate path but it's a really cool way to do it and it was with a really cool pokemon and going back onto the levels uh as far as like what i think i've spent the most time on uh the park i feel like that uh being the first level it's going to be the one that i constantly go through because you know once you beat the level and you keep leveling it up you get these uh re- these cool little requests from the characters to uh to do specific things like uh you, this is like the best way to get the four star diamond photos and it's constantly changing as we mentioned before like the first time you go around it you'll see peak uh, you'll see pichu and, and grookey just kind of playing around and then uh later on it when you play that level at night uh you'll see score bunny just kind of you know being very mischievous with the uh with with the uh the buffalant and he's just like messing with them while they sleep and brings you back to the whole interaction and just the animations and they're so fantastic and uh you know the, the uh, Poke Park level. There's the uh, a secret path to where you can go past the uh, Bidoof's, uh dam area and you know get better pictures of them. And um, one thing I wanted to point out here, and it's part of the requests, and I think it's just I'm just going to throw out this one. I don't find it much of a spoiler because we've seen in the trailers, but it's luring a pincer to a Heracross, and then they start fighting because Pokédex entries state that they're great enemies, that they are constantly. Uh, fighting over territory and to see that kind of thing uh you know from the pokedexes in in real life and in this game i think is a fantastic and it's a, they pay a lot of attention the uh, developers really knew what they were doing uh with you know the interactions with the pokemon i agree on the seafloor level that level also that was a very close second for me i love that level i thought that especially in that secret path it really opens the level up and you really see a lot more of like what makes this game awesome. So uh, I will also say, and I'll just leave this little teaser in there, um, that's also the part of the level where I saw my first legendary. Anyways, um, Kyle, let's talk about oh. your favorite level. <laughs> Kyle, what level stuck out to you? Um, For me, it, it would have to be the jungle. I would say because it felt so natural it felt so real seeing all of these pokemon like going through the trees and seeing all of these pokemon up in the trees or you know hiding behind bushes or you know there's this one part where you come out by a lake and there's a couple of quagsires sitting out on the rock and then one of them jumps into the water and like it's it's just so cool it's so it's in my opinion the most calming and most peaceful level because you're just going through just so many different sceneries, you know, because you start out in this heavily wooded area and then you go and you see this kind of clearing and 
it's just so beautiful when you come out into that clearing, seeing that lake and, you know, that cave off to the side and you're just looking around up in the trees and there's Pokemon, there's Pokemon on the ground, there's Pokemon everywhere. And it just felt so real. Like, it, it got me excited. It, it was, you know, I wanted to, I played that level over and over and over again because I'm really, I'm really trying to get, I want to get the four star of that Quagsire. I'm close, but I want to get the four star <laughs> of that Quagsire. But I got, I'm pretty sure I have to level up the area again. But it's just so much fun. I really, really enjoyed the jungle because it, like, I, I just can't get over how real in life, like, like if I, I imagine if I were in the Pokemon universe, this is where I would go to see just the most genuine and real interactions between these Pokemon. It's it's so awesome. I I really really love that that level. You know something funny. I just really thought I thought of while you were saying that. Um, it's kind of funny, and I know Matt will come maybe understand this a little bit more. Maybe Kyle, maybe you'll get it too. Um, so the first area of the game is a park. It's a pretty basic area, right? Park, and th- and then you go to the jungle, uh, and then one of the third areas you open up is uh the sand is the sandstorm area. Uh, coincidentally. The first three sets of uh, Pokemon cards were base set, basic, uh, jungle, and fossil. So I thought that was uh, interesting that they kind of, I, 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 it's probably just a complete coincidence, but I think that's kind of cool. That kind of coincides with the release of the Pokemon cards that the very first set was base set. The park's kind of basic. It's where you, where you see kind of really rather basic Pokemon. You don't see anything too crazy there. Uh, then you go to the jungle, and then you go to this this sandstorm fossily kind of area. So I thought that was kind of cool, just a random coincidence. Uh, I know it means nothing, and I look like a huge nerd now, so just forgive me. Um, now I'm going to talk about what? What? I said you just blew my mind. I didn't even see the comparison between the original TCG sets and these levels. <laughs> it's it's just I, I just thought that was kind of funny that like it, it seems like that's I don't think that's anything at all. I think it's just a coincidence that I noticed, but it's just kind of interesting that the first kind of three areas that you can go to are are a park, uh, a jungle, and a sandstorm area, which is like a fossily kind of area. It's just kind of wild how that kind of goes with uh, base set, jungle, and fossil, the first three uh, sets of the Pokemon TCG. So uh, just really, really, I, I just thought that was interesting. Again, I'm probably just a nerd for recognizing that, but I just thought that was interesting, and I started thinking about it while Kyle was talking. Um, I promise I was listening, Kyle. So anyways, um, uh, the next thing I want to talk about, and Kyle showed Kyle, we showed you this before we got on here today to record, but... Uh, the one, the one real negative level that I want to talk about is the one that sent me to therapy. It's the one that played with my greatest fears. And Matt said, Oh, this is a phenomenal level. I don't see why anybody would have a problem with this. And, uh, it's, it's the second, it's, I think it's the third Illumina Pokemon you can go after. Um, it's the only other Illumina Pokemon we're going to tell you about the rest of them. We're going to let be a secret. Um, it's wishy-washy. And when you open up that side area in the undersea that Matt talked about, you unlock the Illumina Pokemon level. And Wishy-Washy, for those who don't know, is a Pokemon that is made up of a school of smaller fish. Well, in the Wishy-Washy level, uh, you're in this area that I can describe. It's like uh, ancient ruins in the uh, Marianas Trench. So very, very dark water. You can't see more than like maybe 10, 20 feet in front of you. And when you hit 
the wishy-washies with your Illumina orbs to get them to do stuff, uh, they all, after a while, they swim off into the distance where you can't see them until the skull form of wishy-washy comes swimming at you looking like a giant blue shark. And it looks terrifying. Kyle, I showed you the video of it right before we got on here. What was your kind of reaction to that? That is terrifying. I have I have an irrational fear of sharks. It's like one of it's it's probably the only thing I'm afraid of other than heights. And the ocean terrifies me. I do not feel comfortable being that far down. Just just watching the gameplay of that made me tense i just oh my god it's anxiety inducing because you're just you're down there just by yourself and there's just all these fish swimming around you and there's a couple of structures you know big big tall rocks and stuff but for the most part you're just in the open ocean and it's dark it is so terrifying but at the same time what a level like the fact that it the fact that a video game can induce that kind of fear in me that's a good level that that means that it's doing what it was meant to do it's like if you play if you play a horror game and it doesn't scare you well it's probably not a great horror game and i wouldn't say that this level is a horror level but i definitely think they were trying to give you that little uh that sense of you are you are unprotected you are completely by yourself and it's it's pretty anxiety inducing, but it was it was really crazy seeing Wishy Washy come out and just this massive Pokemon go right up to you. It I can't I can't think of another Pokemon game that really gives you that feeling. I think that's the big thing here is that I've told people, and I told Matt this, so, so Matt, I think this is a good segue to you here. Um, I said that while I, while like the fear in me, because I have an irrational fear of being stuck in the middle of the ocean where I can't see anything in front of me. Um, that's what I am irrationally afraid of. Um, but I said that while I hate it because of that, that wasn't me saying it was a bad level. It was me saying it was a very, very well-designed level. Uh, the fact that new Pokemon Snap got that kind of a reaction out of me, that is impressive. That's very impressive, and I think they should be commended on that. Uh, Matt, give your thoughts on the level. What did you think of it the first time you went through it? Because I think you went through it a couple days ago. Uh, yeah, I did. You were the one who kept talking about it because you were like, this anxiety-inducing level that's probably going to have me going to therapy. And I'm like, okay, I got to see what this is about. Cause, I'm going to send you, know, you my bill thinking, if you keep making fun of me. <laughs> I was honestly thinking that you were like, uh, the way you described the level is I, I, for some reason to me being my fear, you know, is heights. I thought it was going to be like you were in kind of like a, a city setting and you were like going to really high on these buildings and you're, you know, just practically flying over them. Now they it didn't come to my attention that this was going to be a level where you were, you know, uh, deep sea and it was going to be really dark and kind of reminded me of that scene from finding Nemo where they were like really down there in the trenches and you know, this where the, uh, the, the lantern fish came in and it was kind of like that. And then, um, you know, I actually had wishy-washy and my team on my Pokemon sun. So when I saw him, I was like, Oh man, I know what this is. That's so cool. And then it's like, you know, they swim away and like, wait a minute. Oh yeah, yeah. That's really cool too. It's so cool to see this Pokemon in fully fledged 3d being really, really creepy. And, uh, 
Uh, here's a challenge when you're playing this level. Try holding your breath until you beat the level. <laughs> stop it right now. You stop that right now. Oh, my God. You're just making it worse. That is awful. Although now I'm intrigued. Now I'm intrigued. So, uh, so you might not hear from me again. So I want to ask you both. Um, what's been your favorite picture you've gotten so far? What, what's been your favorite shot that you've captured? Uh, that one shot you look at and you're just like, man, that right there, that was when I feel like I nailed this game. Actually, my favorite shot that I have, and also because of the fact that this is a Pokédex entry, and it's a very, very dark entry, um, is the Corsola and Marini shot that I got on the, uh, uh, the it's basically like you're on, on on top of the the ocean going, you know, and you come across this area, uh, and you see a single Corsola being gained upon Marini. Now, for those who don't know, in the Pokédex entry states that Marini's kill and eat Corsolas. So the fact that you're practically just watching this Corsola in its last couple of seconds and you're just taking shots kind of reminds me of like real life photography where people take pictures or videos um, on Safari of like, you know, antelope fixing to get killed by a lion. And that's kind of what that was like for me. So it's a little dark and messed up, but it's the fact that it's nature. You know, we can't see this kind of, you know, representation in the mainline game. So seeing that kind of, uh, you know, uh, reality there from the Pokedex, you're just kind of like, whoa, because the closest we got to this kind of um, the showing is um, in Pokemon Sun and Moon, where the only way to catch a Marini in the game is if you encounter Corsola and then it cries for help. And then sometimes Marini will show up because the Corsola, you know, is basically crying out for its help. And so... Yeah, that's that's my that's my favorite shot. It's it's messed up, I know, but like it, it's just really cool to see that. Well, uh, my favorite shot was just the Badoofs building the dam because I thought it was cute. <laughs> that, that's dark. <laughs> that's so dark, and then he followed up with that. Why? <laughs> I just thought it was cool. I gotta so like I think it was the second time I leveled up the area because the first time. Um, I think that you just see the Badoof out there, but the second time you level it up, if you look to the left as you're going over like the little bridge area, you can see the Badoofs. There's two of them swimming with sticks in their mouths under the bridge, and I got this really awesome picture of them both side by side swimming together because I just thought that was a cute picture. That's disturbing. That is very disturbing. The fact that Matt's was so dark and yours was the complete opposite. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, I, I can't tell you 100% my favorite shot because it's a legendary and I don't want to spoil it for uh, anyone on here. But I will say my four star that I got of Whale Lord was pretty freaking cool. So I thought that was cool. The shot of Pichu and Grookey at night in the park, uh, just, just, you know, falling asleep next to each other. Again, it's just a cute shot. Just a really cute shot. It's not something you think of. Uh, Sylveon's, you know, in front of him, and I'm a huge Eevee fan, so that's pretty cool. Um, there's, there's, there's a lot of little moments in this game. It's awesome, and I think that when you two get to the end and you see what Pokemon it is waiting for you at the very end in the quote unquote final boss fight, uh, I think you'll be happy. I think you'll be very, very fulfilled. Um, if I can say anything about this game, I can say that. Um, Unlike its Doom Eternal counterpart, Returnal, at least I beat this game. But that's going to do it for this episode of Side Mission. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Side Mission Pod and check out our YouTube channel, Side Mission Podcast. For the boys, Kyle Lynch, Matt Beck, I'm Rusty Ellis. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Side Mission Podcast. Keep up with new episodes and download your favorites in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center.